Hello, this is Bill Lytell for some wisdom for your walk. I'm in the book of Romans chapter 1. Tremendous, by the way, make yourself very familiar with Romans chapter 1, whatever happens. Everybody that's a born-again believer needs to go to Romans chapter 1. It explains what happened, I believe, to the pre-flood folks. Uh, it, it also explains what happened to the Inca, the Aztecs, and even the post-flood people that rose up out of the sea to Noah, or what happened to them, and why we have so many in Mexico and Peru and so many pyramids that uninhabited, big cities, massive places where people worshipped the sun, the moon, the stars, the creatures, began to slaughter each other. Uh, one pyramid recorded uh, killing more than 40,000 people in one day. It ended up being bloodthirsty. Uh, human sacrificing folks, and that seems to be oftentimes where things go. The seven nations that were displaced by the children of Israel sacrificed their children and did other sexual abominations, and God said he threw them out of the land. He used Israel to throw them out. Later in the Bible it says that the Israelites did worse than the heathen that they, that were, they displaced, and God used the Babylonians and Syrians to throw them out. If you look down through human history, it seems like no empire lasted very long before it became debauched. And it seems like they always go to the same area. They begin to kill their babies. Violence fills their whole lifestyle. They begin to not only kill their babies, but each other, and abuse on every hand. And God takes another nation and raises up another nation and brings them in and kills them, displaces them. I want to talk a little bit about judgment. A lot of times people believe that judgment is when we stand before God. Now, the Christians are going to stand before God in the judgment seat of Christ, found in the book of Corinthians, and we're going to give an account for the deeds done in our body, whether it be good or bad. But remember, as born-again believers, our sin has already been dealt with in the cross, and we've been washed from all of our sins by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God has forgiven us and birthed us into his family by the Holy Spirit called the new birth, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And so the new birth comes, we become part of God's family irrevocably and forever changed and born into his family. Now, we don't all do good. We All Christians do not do as, uh, the same. We don't all do well. Some Christians shame God, go back into the pigsty. God has to, according to Hebrews chapter 12, if you read that chapter, he has to discipline his children, even to the point of Ananias and Sapphira in chapter 5 of Acts, where he takes them out by death, premature death. Oftentimes before that, though, there's other kinds of discipline that goes on, other kinds of judgment goes on in their life. Hoping, God hoping, of course, that they'll repent as you would your ch child. You don't discipline your child to kill them. You discipline your child to reform them, cause them not to be liars or thieves or wicked people. And so there's a judgment for the Christian. Uh, not not only here, Hebrews chapter 12, while we're in this world, but also on the other side, we stand before Christ. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, for it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort or quality it is. 
And of course, if your work withstands a fire, you'll receive reward if it's burnt up. You'll suffer loss. The word suffer is a bad, strong word. Suffer meaning very badly suffer. Loss. Uh, eventually, all the tears and pain and suffering will be cleared up for the born-again believer, but not until after the judgment for sure. Because there's going to be a lot of regrets at the judgment seat of Christ when maybe you realize you've wasted so much time in your life, wasted so many days, wasted so much great, great eternal opportunity to be a faithful witness for Christ here, and it'll hurt your feelings. But there's another judgment for the unsaved folks who reject Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That's found in Revelation chapter 20, and that's not the purpose of this podcast. In Revelation chapter 20, it explains what we call the great white throne judgment. And that is where the unsaved people are all gathered in, and their works are made manifest, and their sins and works are combined together and brought before God. The Bible says in Romans chapter, I believe it is chapter 2, every mouth will be stopped. There'll be nobody excusing themselves because the evidence will be so overwhelming that they'll be guilty without excuse. The Bible says that in Romans chapter 1. But what I'm trying to get at, I guess, is that there's a judgment already in process on this side of death. On this side of death, God already begins to judge those who turn away from him uh, and do not want to obey him. Let me read a little bit, make a comment. Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. That's right now. That's the now and now. Yes, the great white throne is coming, which the final judgment will be, and they'll be cast into a place called the lake of fire, forever separated from God. Maybe the worst punishment of hell is separation from God. Oh, I hope you never know that. It says in verse 19, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. In other words, God, through nature and all of these made, the complexity and intricacy of everything that's made out there, screams there's a creator, and there's a God who's an engineer, there's a God who's a designer, there's a God who's an architect, there's a God who has... has uh, Phenomenal, phenomenal sensitivity, and yet phenomenal power demonstrated by earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, volcanoes, and yet a God of detail with the ant and the flies and the bugs, the bugs and the insect world. A God of tremendous intelligence, past anything we would know, having made all this around us, that should drive people to find out more about God. Oftentimes they, they resist that. And here's what it says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now notice that, clearly seen. By, by what? Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without excuse. There's going to be nobody stand before Jesus Christ, which by the way, it said the Bible says, is the judge of all the earth. There's going to be nobody stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and say, nobody told me about Christ. Nobody, nobody shared the gospel with me. Nobody cared about me. Let me tell you this, unsaved person without Christ, everything around you is screaming there's a God. The sun, the moon, the stars, everything he made. Now, they're not God, but they are made by God and testify to his power. The laws of science, the laws of thermodynamics, everything it testifies that there's a God. The Bible's true. 
It says, because they, that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And this is the key that I'm going to right here. And their foolish heart was darkened. When people have truth and they reject it, God begins to set a system of judgment up. A system where they begin to reject the truth even more the next time. Their heart becomes a little harder, a little darker. Every time they, God comes by and presents himself to them and they say no. Eventually, it says in verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. They become right in their own eyes, which, of course, is a judgment of God. And they begin to change the glory of God. It says in verse 23, they begin to change the glory of God, of the glory of the incorruptible God, into the image like unto corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And look what happens. Verse 24 Wherefore God also gave them up. Now I want you to notice those words. Gave them up to uncleanness. He gives them over to it. Through the lusts of their own hearts, the side of their own bodies, between themselves. They begin to go to transgenderism, homosexuality, bestiality, you name it. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forevermore. Amen. And in verse 26, for this cause God gave them up. There it is again, unto vile affections. For even their women did exchange the nature, natural use of that into that which is against nature. So begin to begin to become more and more perverted, more and more dark. Their foolish heart was darkened. Remember that phrase. As they reject God, as they reject Him little by little, they become harder and harder. So there's judgment this side of meeting Jesus Christ face to face. A lot of times I thought, well, there'll be a judgment for the sinner someday, face to face with Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment. No, that's not the only. That's just going to be the culmination of all of God's judgment. And it says in verse 27, Likewise also the men leaving their natural use of the women burned their lust one toward another, and men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet, which was right and just. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, that's how hardened they got, that's how darkened they got. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That's a mind that's unconvincible to do those things which are not convenient. The Bible says in this passage of Romans chapter 1, basically as people begin to sin, God puts around them everything to testify of them. As they begin to reject that, God begins to judge them and cause their heart to be darker. And they reject more truth and God become, judges them and causes their heart to be darker. They reject more truth and God judges them and causes their heart to be dark. He gives them up, gives them up, and gives them over. Finally, to a reprobate mind, to where they're not convincible. I believe that God would not have destroyed the people before the flood if they were savable. They just weren't savable. They had so turned away from God, the people in Noah before Noah, they had so turned away from God that they weren't savable. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 9, it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God wants people to be saved. Put all these testimonies, all these mile markers out. Hey, there's a God. Hey, seek him. Turn to him. And he'll... And, and if I may say the opposite of what I just explained to you is true in the Christian. If you respond to God, he gives you a little bit more light. And you respond a little bit more, he gives you a little bit more light. You respond a little bit more, he gives you more light. And you keep responding to God and you become more and more 
open to the things of God and the truth of God, and they become clearer and clearer to you. That's Christian growth. That's becoming more like in the image of Christ. I hope this helps you some to see this principle of judgment before the actual time of judgment, whether it be at the being seen of Christ or at the great white throne. Here's a little wisdom for your walk.